Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Superman from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, listens in shocked amazement as the Princess Rev Payton continues her amazing story and reaches the part where she is condemned to death. And so all hope was gone. The end had come. You mean the council voted to take your life? I, Sarah Kent. But... Listen, and you shall hear how it came to pass. Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner we have Alfred Kahn, amateur light heavyweight boxing champion of New York State, 21 years old and weighing 175 pounds. Gang, that's our introduction of a six-foot black-haired fighter who is probably the only ring champion to develop behind the barbed wire of a concentration camp. Al came to the United States last September, and his swinging fists have landed him all over New York's sporting pages. Possessor of a powerful right and a vicious left hook, he won the New York Golden Gloves Light Heavy Crown in February by virtue of three consecutive knockouts. The young fighter was born in Germany, but when he was 12 years old, he and his family had to escape the Nazis. They managed to reach Shanghai, and everything was okay until Pearl Harbor. Right after that, the Japanese troops seized Shanghai, and the refugees were put behind barbed wire. That's where Al began to train as a boxer. With one eye on the lookout for the brutal Jap guards, Al would spar with his brother and other refugee youngsters in the concentration camp. When the war ended, Al registered in the boxing division of the Jewish Recreation Club in Shanghai. In spite of the fact that he was underweight and undernourished because of his years as a prisoner of the Japs, Al managed to rack up a brilliant boxing record there, beating everyone in sight. Last fall, Al Khan came to this country as an immigrant. Today, he's on his way to boxing success. Take our tip, gang, and keep an eye peeled for the fighter who trained behind barbed wire and wears the Star of David on his trunks. Who knows? Someday, we may be reading about Al Khan, heavyweight champion of the world. And now, the adventures of Superman. Yesterday, as you remember, the mysterious Princess Rev Payton, freed from the curious spell under which she had been sleeping, began to tell her strange and fascinating story. 
Lois Lane, Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and the old musician, Mr. Pinder, had listened intently without a single interruption. But now, Kent notices that she is growing pale from exhaustion. You're tired, Princess Rev. Payton. You should rest a little now. Nay, Sarah. <laughs> My name is Clark Kent, and here in America we say Mr., not Sarah. Tis agreed. And now, shall I proceed with my tale? Well, do you feel strong enough? Aye. The faintness has left me. But where did I leave off? Well, you told us how Nakoma, your bird, had found a strange piece of paper that Herkimine, the high counselor, suspected was a message to the enemy. Mm-hmm. Herkimine then accused Franz, the Grand Master. Uh, have I got that right so far? It is perfectly recalled. Well, there wasn't much more, because when he was accused, Franz turned upon you and condemned you to death for treason. Aye. And that's where you stopped. Now, what happened then? How, how was it that your life was spared? And, and why were you placed on the open sea to die? Aye. Tis there that my tale goes, grows stranger still. Oh? Herkimine, shattered with grief at the pronouncement of the Grand Master, broke all existing rules and demanded a hearing of my case in a special session of the High Council. I was locked away in my chamber while the Council gathered to consider the matter. Order! Order! The assembled company will please come to order. Gentlemen of the Council, it is only out of reverence for the illustrious name of our Princess that today... I have permitted the council to gather to hear the evidence in the matter of her plot of treason against Illyria. Let her come in speak. Let us hear the venerated counselor. Does he defend the girl? Speak then, her come in. My brothers, what can an old man say to a charge such as this brought against an innocent girl, nay, a child, Think of the blameless life our princess has lived. And think of the deep love she has awakened in all our hearts. We speak here not of sentiment, but of facts, Counselor. Thine appeal to our hearts will avail thee not. I know thee, Franz, for what thou art. I do not appeal to thee for mercy for F. Peyton but to those of us who have known her much longer than thou. Then we shall see how these, her older friends, cast their votes. So be it. I, Franz, Grand Master of Illyrius, do hereby in open council condemn the Princess Rev. Patron to death for the crime of treason. Those who vote aye, raise your hands. Clerk, make the count. The hands count one and twenty, and I cast mine, which maketh two and twenty. And all those who wish to say nay, raise their hands. Old man, thy votes are one and twenty against my two and twenty. The will of the Grand Master is supreme. the die was cast. The counselor had spoken. Thereafter, no one was permitted to communicate with me until Herkimine came bearing the poison cup, which was to put me to sleep forever. I was alone in my locked chamber, alone save for Nakoma, the faithful Nakoma, the unswerving, 
when suddenly the door opened. Hercumene. My princess. Thou bearest a cup in thy hand. Aye, it is a bitter cup, a cup of sorrow. The council hath condemned me. Aye, Franz convinced them of thy guilt. And I must die. I must die. Nay, nay, my child, methinks not so. I mean, as thou, Hercumene, what ought can happen now? Thou sayest the council. Calm thyself, princess, calm thyself. I have a plan. I will not let thee die. What daring plan does Hercumene propose to try? He knows full well that defiance of the Grand Master, Franz, will mean death for him, too, if discovered. Nevertheless, he goes ahead. How? We'll know in a moment, so keep listening. You know, gang, that kind of music led off one of New York's biggest and best parades a couple of weeks ago. Maybe you saw parts of it in the newsreel. It was a parade of young people who represented all the United Nations. They marched for the purpose of reminding Americans that there are hungry children all over the world who need our help. There were thousands of boys and girls marching, kids of every size, shape, and color, wearing every kind of costume imaginable. As you watched boys and girls dressed in the native costumes of Poland and France, China and Sweden, and all the other lands, you couldn't help wondering where they all came from. It was just as if a rocket ship had been sent to pick up a boy and a girl from every place on the globe. And here they were, gathered all together in one parade. But nobody had to make an expedition to find these boys and girls because every one of them is an American, living right here in our own country. Yes, the girl who lives right next door to you, or the boy down the block, might have marched with the others, because scattered up and down, all over our country, are people who came from foreign shores. As a matter of actual fact, every single one of us is descended from an immigrant, someone who came here to America, bringing costumes or clothes or memories of another land. That makes this an exciting country we live in a land where all races and kinds of people mix to make a pattern that spells America, the land of the brave and the home of the free. Let's do everything we can to keep it that way. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Herkimene has just informed Rev. Payton of a plan he has in mind to defy Franz, the Grand Master, and save the princess from her doom. Listen. What is it, Herkimene? Tell me, what meanest thou to do? It is simple. I shall lull thee to sleep with a strange melody played on my flute. But first call thy bird, Nakoma. That will I do. Nakoma, Nakoma, here, on my shoulder. Now speak to him. For the sound of thy command he will never forget. But what shall I command him? To hearken to the melody I play. For the same melody which will put thee to sleep will be needed to awaken thee again. Hearken, Nakoma, unto the melody Herkimen plays. And repeat the song forthwith. Remembers well. Aye, aye. Now he will hear the rest of it. 
Then will he repeat it thrice over. But first, my child, lie thou still on this couch. Close thine eyes. Let thy limbs grow heavy. Have no fear, for I am beside thee. Sleep, Ruth Payton. I, Mr. Kent, so gently was I placed under the tender spell. I felt naught but peace and contentment. And I suppose that's all you remember. That is, until Mr. Pinder here awoke you with his flute. Nay, I remember everything. I don't understand. You said you were asleep. I was asleep, it is true. But the sleep that held me was of a strange nature. I could hear all that transpired about me. Oh, but you couldn't move or see or speak, is that it? Aye, but let me go on with my story. My people were already preparing my strange burial craft. It was the royal barge on which they had first sailed to Illyria. The movements and voices around me seemed far, far off as in a dream, a dream from which I did not awaken. Bow thy heads, my countrymen, for if Peyton is dead, reverence, patience, and tenderness in Illyria is dead. Place her now upon the red draped bier. Now, all who desire to say a last farewell to their princess, step forward. Cease! Have done! First, I will make certain that my will has been done. That life is gone from her. Dost thou suspect me of duplicity? Aye, old man. Thrice over. And I warn thee, if the princess be not dead, if thou hast tried to foil me once again, twill go well neither with her nor with thee. Having recited the last ominous warning of the evil Grand Master of Illyria, the young princess sinks back on her bed, exhausted. As Jimmy Olsen rushes to get her some water, Lois and Clark wait tensely for the conclusion of her strange tale. How did Hercamine keep Franz from discovering the trick played on him that Rev Payton had not yet paid with her life? We'll know tomorrow when we hear Chapter 8 of The Mystery of the Sleeping Beauty on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman adventure serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Captain Midnight, which follows in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you will hear Tom Mix and his Ralston Straight Shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. <laughs> 